We are back, old school. Kenny Wilhite, Jay Foreman on the ones and twos, threes and fours. This Monday after the Super Bowl, the end of the season. Not really, because the NFL never stops, but the end of the, this regular season. Now, as uh, we all do, we turn the page on to the next year. But we're talking about teams inside the locker room insight, which Kenny is, is phenomenal because Kenny was a, a, a great player here. Obviously, went and played up in Canada professionally. Um I didn't know this, Kenny, that you shot yourself – well, not shot yourself in the foot, but kind of went in there and, and did the right thing and tried to get over them NFL uh, GMs. When you know they see – the, see, here's what people don't understand about the NFL GMs because I've only been called into the principal's office one time. And my dad always told me, he's like, they like the feds. When he asks you – They know. They know. They know. They know, right? Yep. So I, I heard you when you were on it, I think with VJ maybe or something, the story. So that that's obviously very commendable because I've been there. Because th- I know how it is when you're in there. Do I want to tell them the truth? I think I could. I, I, I do have a little bit of an alibi. Mm-hmm. But then I looked at him and I was like, yeah, man, you know, I, you know, this, 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 that, and the other. But I wanted to ask you this about, because I always say this, and and sometimes I guess the fans or the listeners really don't understand, and just everybody just doesn't understand athletes. Now, I don't expect them to because they're not, they, you know, there's only we've only been there but i always say this like athletes or football players are like you ever here's my analogy is like when there's a pack of wolves together and it may be like it's it's one pack or other but they kind of like have that sense right and so they kind of feel you out just by looking in your eyes just how you move just your body language your aura i wanted to ask you about the modern day player right when you talked about being authentic how important it is, no matter if it's if you're not cool or if you just like the dorky coach or you are, you know, whoever you are, you got to be authentic. Talk about the spider senses of athletes and how quickly, like you being, you've been in those meetings, especially in the professional level, where a coach would be there, he corny, we know, you know, he ain't authentic. You get done lifting weights and you just look like how we looking at each other right now. You be like, man, this is gonna be a long this season. Gonna be a long- <laughs> like, it's gonna be a long season. Talk about that right there, because it's true. I talk about the football guys, and I talk about the senses. And from me being down there with the team and those players, people always said, or you always heard, you can't coach these guys hard. Actually, you can coach these guys harder or as hard as long as you're authentic and you're truthful and you are who you are. Man, I was blessed to be there nine years. Yeah. Nine years. Um, truly a blessing. Well, but just talk about your whole that, experience that, as a player. As a player. From college, professional, and then coaching yourself with Coach Sam which is a great mentor. I remember that, you know, and then being here. Just talk about the spider because that ain't changed. No. Now, they might be bigger, faster, and stronger, supposedly. I don't. I ain't buying that either because these linebackers are tiny and they slow. Now, we won't get into that. Now, we, yeah. but, okay, they're tiny and they're slower. Same with Dick because I watched the combine. I'm like, we, been, <laughs> we was jogging these times, right? But I want to talk about how that has not changed. The game, the game might change the place, but that hadn't changed. And talk about how important it is. Because you're like the man in the arena. The, all the lights are on you as a coach, head mm-hmm. coach, coordinator, whatever. Talk about being authentic and how the perception, whether it's reality or just your aura, how huge that is. I know for me, I mean, I went back home this weekend and I had lunch with my high school coach. Right. He was very authentic. Right. Very. Right. So as an African-American going to an all-white high school. Right. 
from day one, he was very authentic. So right. I knew I could trust him. I could let him inside my bubble. Right. If you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. So then I go to junior college the right. same way. The head coach was very authentic. Right. He will let you have it, but then he'll put his arms around Right. You. So I knew I could let him inside and my bubble. To, then you came to the <laughs> ultimate messiah, I, which is McBride. Then I, no, hold on. First off now, when I got to Nebraska, I was on the offensive side of the ball. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, my bad. I was on the yeah, offensive side of the ball. I forgot you was a quarterback. I forgot. I yeah, forgot. I was on the offensive side of the ball. So I knew T.O. was authentic yeah, when I met the, him. Yeah, for From sure. the jump. Yep. And then, you know, as a scout team player, you know. You knew he, McBride was authentic too. I knew McBride was authentic, but Coach Darlington was the one that – so you had you had you had run-ins with Coach Darlington as an offensive scout team player. So when they came to me and asked me to move to defensive back, I looked at T.O. like he had five hits. Like you know, me and this dude don't 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 see out of eye. Water. And you know, I said, you know, he goes, well, he's the one that asked for you. So we had a one-on-one meeting, and we we put both both of us put our stuff on the table. On the table. Yeah. So I said, Coach, and I ain't. I'm here to help the team. This that's my goal. Whatever you need me to do to help this team, I'm going to do it. Right. I said, but you're gonna to have to be real with me because I've seen him ruin a lot of careers. Yeah. Because guys couldn't take it, right? Yeah. So, and a lot of athletes that couldn't take it. So, yeah. when I switched over to that side of the ball, I knew what I was getting myself into. Right. And he knew what he's and he knew into. what he's and he knew what he was getting himself into. Right. Because first and foremost, I told him my last name is Wilhite. It is not Darlington. Right. You're not going to talk to me sideways. Or and think you're going to go think home, you gonna without, go home without no black eyes. Without, <laughs> it just hey, ain't going to happen. Hey, I'm going to tell you people out there, let me tell you something, man. Coach Coach McBride, it's, it's, it's different. Coach McBride, like, when he would go off on me, I was more – it was like kind of like T.O. I like, I like, man, I let my man down. Yes. Right? And then plus he just giving you the business. Business. And then – as he's giving you the bit, like for me, one time he was giving me the business. Then the dip and all that stuff was in my, and then everybody just watching, like, dang, he didn't did the captain because I was a captain, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And it, and you middle linebacker, so you kind of like the captain of even the when you're in when you ain't the captain, just giving me the business. So you sitting there taking it, and you, and you know your sphincter, my sphincter muscle, <laughs> you know your butt be tight, right? You're like, dang, you let him do. But when Coach Darlington says the stuff to you. Man, I swear, I looked at him one time. I was, I was about to take off the pass. Like, man, bump this football stuff. Exactly. Like, me and you, we we going to throw hands. We got, I got to come we, see we got to, You got to see me. So, But I knew what I was getting myself into. Like he said about McBride, you knew yeah. it was authentic. You knew it. So fast forward to the pros. You know, when I got to the Bears, a couple of those guys were not authentic. That's just most of the it NFL was, coaches. It, it was, you know, it was crazy – what difference. I, difference between yeah. college and NFL coaches back in back in those days? Um, so I didn't let them in. I stuck to myself and kind of hurt me a little bit. Right? You know they thought I, they want to draw a perception. They want, on they want to draw a perception. He, right. he drew a perception. Right. On yeah, yeah. That's what they. That's cause that's the easy way. That's the easy way. So yeah. uh, I just told him. I said, Coach Wine said. I said, Listen, I like to stay to myself. I said, um, I don't let too many people inside my circle. You know, but I'm about this team. But that's just me. That's how – well, you're always eating lunch by yourself. You're always doing this by yourself. That's me. I'm a rookie. I don't know anybody on this right. team. The only person I knew was Reggie Cooper because he played here in yeah. Nebraska with me. Right. So if Coop wasn't in the, in the cafeteria, exactly. I'm sitting by myself, right? Now, I became good friends with a couple of the, the defensive backs. But other than that, it was then. Then I went to Canada. My position coach actually played at Texas, Bill Bradley. Oh. Great dude. 
Bill Bradley is the hey great dude. Bill Bradley is awesome. Great dude. Yeah. So cold blooded player cold, too. Cold blooded player, and he was a great coach. coach phenomenal coach. And One he told me he said, "Listen here, because when I got to when I switched from NFL to Canada, it was like eight games in that season. I said, "Listen, just put me on the practice roster. Let me, you know." So he said, so he saw how fast I learned. He goes, "You're gonna be a great coach someday. I'm gonna hire you." Right. Exactly what he, that, right. that was exactly what was his words. Yeah. Right. And he'd so say, and he say that to you. He have a dip, in and he have a dip in his mouth, and then he always have he'd always have his play sheet in his yes. left hand, and then he always be doing that too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Bill, yes. yeah. So, Bill Bradley was great. So man. he was a great coach slash mentor, right? For me, yeah, for three years, no, Sacramento two years or a year and a half, right? Uh, then San Antonio, so two and a half years. He was right. a great coach and mentor, who I knew, who was you authentic, could trust, right? Right. So I, we go, I go to Canada and go to Ottawa, you know, I. You know, that DB coach was – now, the DB coach – I'll tell you a quick story about the DB coach I had in Ottawa, mm. Bruce Pickens. He was your coach? Well, his his DB coach in Atlanta was, was my DB coach okay, in Ottawa. You. Right. So, he drew a perception on me he because of Bruce, Bruce. Because of Bruce oh, Pickens. Oh, man, that's huge. He found out I – no, hold on now because it wasn't good. Yeah, he found out you played at Nebraska. He found out I played in Nebraska, and he said, brother, let me have a conversation with you. He said, I'm the one that stood on the table for them to draft Bruce Pickens. Bruce Pickens held out. Yep. Right? Showed up, and there was a test called the 110 test. Oh, yeah. There's a conditioning test. Well, Bruce Pickens was kind of. Failed it. He ran two of them and then it, fell out on the right. field. And he was a kind of a bigger corner. Yes. So. Number 38. Yes. So yeah. the, the position coach was holding his signing bonus check. It was a position coach, the GM, the head coach, and uh, the defensive coordinator. Took Bruce out to, to do his 110 test. <laughs> So he said. He said. He said the GM and the head coach. And, I mean, the GM, the head coach, and the owner looked at him like, "This is the guy you wanted Yo, us to draft." Got him fired. Got him fired. So his perception of me was like what he drew off of Bruce because we played in Nebraska. Right. Until he got to know me as a plastic coach. I don't drink. I don't smoke. Yeah. Football is me. That's all I want to do is play football. So once he realized that we were we were we were good, you know. Then I went to Hamilton, and yeah. Hamilton was a complete train wreck. Right. You know. Those coaches were so bad in Hamilton. Right. So, but other than that, when like he said, the authentic authenticity of a coach is huge. It's huge, and that's what I always prided myself on. That right. I'm, my my first meeting was about you as a person. It wasn't about football. Right. It was about you as a person. Yeah. I wanted to get to know you as a person. We didn't even even when I went on the recruiting visits, you take you have individual meetings with recruits at your position. A lot of guys go in their office. The first thing they talk about is football. How they can get you to the NFL? Right, yeah. Th- that's not me. Yeah, they forget that one percent ain't changed since that, like nineteen seventy. Yeah. So my my meeting started off about you know where you come from, what your mom and dad do. If your mom and dad was in that meeting, you know how you know both parents work. What do they do to create that relationship to let right. them know that I cared about them as a person? What's your favorite food? What you like to eat? So I know if I if I got you here, what's your favorite snack? I'm gonna have that in the drawer. Right. You know what I mean? It was never about football. It was always about you as a person. Then. Because if it wasn't for football, you wouldn't be sitting in front of me. Right. We wouldn't be talking. Right? Right. Football's what got you to this point. Then I'm going to tell you my, you know, you're going to have to go to class. You're going to be on time. On time is 10 minutes early. If you're ever late, you're going to see me. And you don't want to see me. Right. I always try to take that approach. Right. Because if I can't count on you to be on time for me, I can't count on you to play cover too. Right. Right. Yeah, people don't understand the – correlation between i not uh, you know my dad taught me this was he, he he always said look man i ain't i don't he's like i 
you know, my dad was actually a pretty good student. He's like, I don't expect you to be an A student. I expect you to have A effort. Yes. And he's and and so I was like, what does that got to do with sports? He's like, it's a correlation. He's like, you work hard in in, in school, you're going to work hard and do the little things in sports, and then that's going to boil over everything else. He's like, will it always be perfect? No. He's like, you'll he's like, you'll study for a test, and might fail it, but then what happens is you'll go you'll actually go you actually you know, will feel like, okay, I gave my best effort. Now how can I get better at whatever subject? It's no different than football. No. And then if you're not on time, man, that's what that's the, such a huge thing. And uh, especially, like, obviously with the new regime at Nebraska, because obviously we're moving on to, you know, you got, you know, winter conditioning and stuff like that. The In short right here, we got about two minutes. Talk about the importance of the first impression as a coach and what that can do for a player. So if you're a coach, the first impression that I can make, whether in the weight room, classroom, or just, you know, you know if, we talking. If I was a coach and taking over a new, a new program, I'm a position coach. Right. You're, my, you're one of my DBs. You're one of the, the top DBs. You, right. you had a lot of uh, playing time last right. year. So the first time I meet you, I'm huge on this. If we set a meeting and you're not on time, that's a bad sign. Right. Right. If you come in my meeting and you got your hat on, your headphones on, your right. pants sagging off your butt, that's not a good sign for me. So we're going to talk about We're going to address that yeah, first. Right, right. That's the first thing we're going to address. And then first time you get in the weight room and I come down there and you're taking shortcuts and I see you over there. Playing around. Playing around. Not, playing games. You know, that's not a good. Faking it till you make faking it. Faking it till yeah. you make it. That's not a. We're going we're gonna to address that. So everything's going to be dressed and laid out on the table. Right. Then the first time we go out for winter conditionings and I see you standing in the back of the line and you're right. supposed to be one of the leaders, no, we, no son, you, you got to be the first in line. Right. I want you up front. And if you're not a leader vocally, you're going to lead up in, in a different way. Right. So we're going to address that. We're going to address that. We're not going to let those keep sliding. Yeah, because I think the more, it, the more you kind of tolerate it or don't address it, then it becomes a habit. You give them an inch, they you don't take, take a foot. Them, them, yeah, and that's look at the you know the one thing I'll say right here before we get off. I, I was listening to Gino. Um, was it Ariema? Ariema. I'll be killing these names. <laughs> um, and he talked about pushing kids. He's like, oh, you got he, now greatest players he's had in teams. He's like, I've had to push ninety nine percent of my kids. He's like, you'll always have the one percent that's always going to you know be there, be first, and stay late. And work hard, no matter who the coach is. Most of them need push. pushed, and even, they and they want to be pushed. Even your best player, you need to push him. You need to challenge him yeah. in some way. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're a really good player, you just don't want to come to practice and just go and have the same thing. They get bored. Yes, they get bored. They be they they aren't entertained and they aren't motivated because then it becomes here mm-hmm. because they want to have something there. And then what they'll do as you challenge them. They'll challenge Austin. They'll challenge Jay. They'll challenge Kenny. And then that's how you have your best players that are your best leaders, your best workers, and that's how you have the best teams. That's a good segment, man. Um, speaking of that, I got to go out here and, you know, try to get these kids, you know, try to run a little secondary break and bust uh, North Star upside their head to the white meat. So I'll be <laughs> back tomorrow. It's old school with Jay Foreman. DP is going to jump in here with Kenny. And then Austin and DP are going to take it on home from 5 to 6. Hey. But when you hear that, hey, when you hear that thing rocking, you know we're gonna be knocking, Kenny. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Old school J Forward and Kitty Will Hype, man. We'll be back. We are out.